Okay, good afternoon everybody. Welcome to the, this is the 30th episode of the Pushing Rubber podcast. My name is Adam Piggott. Um, universally hated by SJWs everywhere. Um, proud supporter of your local beta progressive in the head with a stick day. Um, it's the 14th of December here in, in Melbourne. And uh, because, you know, it might be later in the world later in time for other people in the world i suppose in america it's still the 13th that's why i'm saying in melbourne if you're wondering uh 30th episode of the pushing rubber podcast um something going over for half a year that's good um and this episode is titled blackwater uh, based on events that happened yesterday on my blog and on the internet Events happening on the internet. It's funny, isn't it? It's just like big things happen, but it's actually in space and time. It's weird how the world works. Um, so, put a backstory. Two days ago, um, Dirt, Dirtbag Paddler magazine, who have published me on numerous occasions, um published a um, article, a dreadful article, dreadful in the way it was written, badly, um, and dreadful in its content. And when you consider that this article was originally a a university paper in the sociology department, which really tells you all you need to know, uh, I mean, they're definitely not doing higher learning in grammar, articulation, or in how to construct an essay in universities these days, if they ever had have for the last 20 years. The article is called Whitewashing Outdoor Adventure. See what they did there? The subconscious role that race plays in our community. Very carefully chosen words. Uh, the photo that accompanies it um, is of a bunch of white people on a dressed, dressed in rafting gear on a rafting bus having a good time ipso facto that's bad now this appeared on the dirtbag paddler facebook feed two days ago and i saw it and i started reading it and i groaned and the whole facebook feed was full of whitewater paddlers earnestly debating how what much they could do to get more black people in rafting because this is what the whole thing is about is that not enough black people go rafting, apparently, in the US. I don't think they have this problem on the Zambezi. Just saying. Not enough black people go rafting in the US, so this is a problem. Who knew? Um, She starts off with a whole bunch of data. She is Kelsey Gaffigan. So progressive liberal name, if ever I've heard one. I wonder if she changed it. Uh, starts off with a whole bunch of statistics and data, which obviously have been engineered to get the results she wants. Um, and then she starts talking about colorblind racism. Now, if you don't know what colorblind racism is, and I sure didn't, don't worry, Kelsey Garrigan's here to tell you. It's all about injustice. That's what it's about. So let me find the quote here that I want. 
Um, oh, I was I fucked with the article? It doesn't seem to be as long as what I thought it was. Here we go. I'm quoting from her article on Dirtbag Paddler magazine. Colorblind politics are ways in which the dominant racial group, in brackets, whites in America, understand and articulate our social world as if race is no longer a factor. There we go. So I'm confused by this. Well, I'm not confused by this. So basically, if you don't judge people by their race, if you're not aware that race is a factor, you're a racist. Does that make make any sense to any of you? It makes perfect sense when you understand the agenda of the progressive left. If everyone's a racist, even the people that weren't taking race into a factor at all, the fact that you didn't take race into a factor, the fact that you didn't discriminate people or point people out based on their ethnicity, nationality or race, makes you a racist. This way they can tar everyone with the same brush. You're all racists. But it's okay, don't feel bad. Why? Because Kelsey Gaffigan and her ilk are here to create sociology jobs for themselves and save you and by practice instigate change, radical change that they want in society. If everyone's racist, there's a huge problem. Now, you might think this is ridiculous, but the Facebook feed melted down yesterday and today hasn't stopped on this thing with people, people, white people, sanctimonious white people, clutching their breasts, wondering, what can we do? We didn't realise how racist we were. The self-flagellation. I mean, they they may as well be walking down the street, whipping themselves over the back with barbs, like they do in the Philippines, the Christians. But it's full of people blathering on about a lack of diversity, about uh, we need to get more black people. Now, I'll get to it in a second. But basically, yes, the day before yesterday, I saw this yesterday, the day before yesterday evening, two days ago in the evening, I saw this and I thought, this is too hard. I'm not going to respond. And I chickened out. I admit it. I initially chickened out. Then yesterday morning, I got up and and... Someone had written on the feed, taking them to task. In fact, a few people had. But one of the people who taken them to task about this ridiculousness, I know. And that gave me a bit of courage. And I was like, all right. So I posted on there and I said, you're all a bunch of idiots, more or less. And the editor of Dirt Pack Paddler magazine, who I know well, dared me to write an article in reply, which he would publish. And I have it here on the Facebook feed that he would publish it. And I said, no matter how hard this is, can you take it? And he says, I'm a big boy, I can take it. I wrote my article, he refused to publish it. My article got slammed. It's the most shared article I've ever done on, had on, on uh, most shared on Facebook with, as of this point 116 facebook shares 
And I titled it, Have You Taken the Ku Klux Klan Rafting? And I take exception to what Kelsey Gaffigan is saying because she's basically saying that I'm a racist and that everyone who's worked in the outdoor industry since its inception is a racist because we haven't taken enough black people rafting because who knows? So I take exception to that. So I had a go at Casey, Kelsey, whatever her name is. I called her a hypocrite. I called her a troublemaker. And I thought that was being generous. She's a hypocrite because I found a photo on her Facebook feed of her and all her co-workers having a big pose at the end of the rafting season. Uh, And there's probably about, I rough guess, 40 people there. And they're all white. They're all white. There's no darkies there, Kelsey. There's no darkies. They've even got a fucking golden retriever in the photo. And a black lab. You really think of black people when you think of those dogs. That's what makes her a hypocrite. I gave an example which I thought... which I wrote my post in literally 10 minutes, but... It just came out the right way. Sometimes you write this stuff and it comes out the right way. And I'm going to quote, Attempting to force people into doing an activity purely because people of their race are underrepresented is just about one of the most racist things that I've ever heard. How wonderful it must be for a black person to be told that here is yet another example of them being marginalised that they weren't aware of. I'm sure that hearing this news will cause them to rush out and purchase a life jacket at the first opportunity. Just as I would be absolutely thrilled if the local Chinese community approached me with a request to join them in their badminton society because they need a token white guy. Hey, they really want me for me! That's what this is about. I mean, the real racists here are the ones who are injecting identity politics and racial divisions where none existed. And what's the white water community doing? Well, they're they're reacting as if a hive of bees has fallen on their collective heads and running around trying to work out how much better they can be and how many more black people they can get go rafting. The left, the left, progressive left deals in victims. There's a victim mentality. They need to create a victim class. Create the victim class. The put-upon class, even if they didn't know they were put-upon. And then provide the solution. It's not the victim class that's important for the progressive left. It's their solution. The solution is their end game, what they want to implement. The change to society. So finding victims is what they're all about. Kelsey even mentions it in her, uh, in her so-called article. But the real thing is that the progressive left have been brought up by a generation of teachers that can told not only that they are special, unique sunflowers or snowflakes, but that they can change the world. Now, I've written about this preponderance of people thinking they can change the world before. And if you look at, uh, if you go through and read well, reading, reading Kelsey's article is pretty hard. Kelsey, whatever her name is. 
Uh, but if you, you scroll right to the end, she's got an addendum. And scroll right to the end of the addendum, which is only three paragraphs, and the final sentence reads, and I quote, So go forth and change the narrative, limiting your friends, and by extension, change the world. Just in case there are any, any doubts about what this Carrigan woman is up to. Change the world. The 20th century was full of people who, who changed the world. Lenin changed the world. The famous article, newspaper article headline in 1917 was how he changed the world in 10 days. He sure did change the world. And 100 million Russians who died a testimony to that. Chairman Mao changed the world. Castro, who just died, almost changed the world for everyone in 1962 with a little uh, nuclear issue that went down. Pol Pot changed the world for about 7 million Cambodians who died. It's called the Killing Fields. North Korea is still involved in changing the world, as are a bunch of other wackos around the world. And now we have this Garrigan woman who wants to change the world. I thought rafting was actually going pretty well. It's a pretty simple activity. People rock up who want to go rafting. They pay for the service. You advertise and you get people to come along. Or they hear it from word of mouth from their mates. You stick some gear on them, put them on a rubber raft, take them from A to B and try not to kill them. Then you flog them some photos. Rinse and repeat. But no, it's full of racism. Who would have thought it? The thing about changing the world is, and sociologists like Garrigan rocking up to say they have the solutions to all the problems that you didn't know that you had, but which they've conveniently and helpfully pointed out for you, is that who gets to define how the world is going to be changed and in what images are going to be remade? Well, that's what the Garrigans are there for. This is all about power. In the short term for Garrigan, it's all about creating herself a job because don't forget she's majored in sociology at some useless university. She's probably paid $30,000 a year for the past four years for this worthless piece of shit degree. And she's probably coming to the end of it now and realising that no, one's, no one would even employ her to, to serve people coffee because there's a minimum wage now so they can get a robot to do that. So Garrigan has to uh, create a job for herself. And I wrote that at the end of my piece. I wrote that maybe this was just a smart way of her, and I was, you know, I was giving her a bit of credit here, uh, a smart way of her um, plumbing for a future job. Now, I said that tongue-in-cheek, but then when I went through the Facebook feed again yesterday, after I wrote my post... Here's a quote from someone on the Facebook feed on this article. Uh, I work in marketing for an outdoor adventure company and I think it's spot on. If we had more non-white people here, we would photograph more non-white people. I can't believe I'm reading this. If we photograph more non-people, we might have more non-white people here. I don't know what she means. We get, we get downright giddy 
when we can shoot pics and vids of non-white people having fun outside, downright giddy. We get downright giddy. Look how non-racist we are. Kelsey Caffigan, sorry, it's Gaffigan, not Garrigan, Gaffigan, herself, authoress of this piece of shit sociological article, replies, FYI, I'm looking for opportunities to do what this article says, so holler if you need an intern, lol. So I was right. She is plumbing for a job. Standard consultancy fees of $1,000 a day will apply. That's what it's all about. So it will start with people like Gaffigan creating employment opportunities for themselves by uh, pointing out non-problems. And look, by there are hundreds of replies here. She's going to do it. She's going to get a job here. Creating diversity quotas for black people to go rafting. Maybe they wanted to shoot basketball hoops that day, but they're going to put them on a rafting bus. They'll probably get taxpayers to pay for it. Taxpayer-funded black people to go rafting so we can meet our diversity quotas. I just made that up. But do you think it's far-fetched? Do you really think it's that far out there? You guys, you guys, we're here to take your rafting. We don't want to go rafting. We want to shoot hoops. No, no, no. We really, you really want to go rafting, and we've, you know, it's not going to cost you anything. The taxpayers, it's all government. It, no, they won't say that. They won't say the taxpayer paid for it. It's government funded. It's government funded. Government's paying for it. All oh, the government's giving us the money. Well, the taxpayers are giving us money. The, the government's stolen it from the taxpayers. That's what'll happen. That's exactly what'll happen. But what's happening to the rafting industry is what happening is what happening to every other facet of your life it's what's happened to films it's what's happened to television it's what's happened to the art industry it's what happened to universities it's what's happened to science fiction fantasy novels it's what they tried to do to video games which kind of failed when Gamergate blew up in their faces and that's the social justice warrior intrusions into every aspect of our lives they're going to take over every institution this Gaffigan woman has only been paddling for a couple of years two years and she's coming to tell us all i've been in the outdoor industry i started in the outdoor industry in 1988 and she's can come in and tell us all how racist we've been all this time take exception to that i really do now other interesting comments on this facebook feed uh, I'm not going to go th- scroll through and find it, but I've written it down. Someone replied who agreed with everything that Gaffigan said, and she finished her little bit with of I agreeing with, and I'm a female Indian ethnic kayaker. Get that? She's a female Indian ethnic kayaker. Why can't she just be a fucking kayaker? I don't, I've never walked around going, I'm a white, straight, heterosexual, Anglo-Saxon, Celtic, ethnic rafting guide. They scream that 
people see racial divisions and yet they walk around rubbing their racial divisions in our face. How can you describe yourself as a female? I mean, females are all constantly going on, feminists constantly going on, they don't, that, that they're being treated differently, that they want to be treated the same. So why call yourself a female kayaker? I'm a male, heterosexual, uh, Celtic, banjo-playing kayaker. Uh, what? But there we go. I'm a female Indian ethnic kayaker. Don't know what to say. I don't know what to say except I think that the white water, I think that the white water uh, community is in for a bit of pain because based on what I'm seeing on this thread and others, because this is not the first time I've seen this, self-flagellation at their perceived awfulness for being white. I think they're in for a world of pain and then I think they're gonna become fully converged under the social justice warrior banner. I had a, uh, a messenger back and forth with someone yesterday who I'm not gonna name. But one of the interesting quotes that came out of it, um, I jokingly said, well, I haven't got any threats yet, but hopefully I will get some threats based on the article that I put up. And he replied to me, quote, liberals don't threaten. That's the realm of the offended right. You'll have to switch your tactics to join me. And he wasn't being sarcastic. He truly believes that liberals don't threaten. Um, today I saw an interview by Milo, Milo Yiannopoulos with the, um, uh, the pizza business. Uh, you guys might have heard about the pizza. Uh, uh, I had this up here, really. I did, all ready to go. And I have got rid of it but that's all right because i know exactly where it is it was on it's on tim blair's blog tim blair's an australian uh, journalist uh, memories pizza store in walkerton indiana was targeted last year by hateful leftists after its owners told a journalist that they wouldn't cater a gay wedding so you might remember this when it blew up uh last year but the law got passed in indiana that people could hold to their religious beliefs and didn't uh, have to go against them. So they, they could refuse service based on their religious beliefs. And by the way, the person who passed that law is now the vice president or is about to be the vice president of the United States. And a journalist went around Walkerton, Indiana, trying to drum up or find people who would refuse service. So the pizzeria didn't refuse service for a gay wedding, they just said that they'd have to look at their beliefs. Because of this, they had to close down for a week and they got absolutely slammed by hateful leftists all around the world. And yet I've got this guy here on my messenger feed. I'm going to read the quote again. I, I still read it and wonder if my liberals don't threaten, that's the realm of the offended right. What what sort of bubble land are you living in? What sort of bubble land? I had another uh, 
Facebook Messenger feed back and forth yesterday. And I won't... I won't name the guy, of course. But uh, he was he's actually has the woman who wrote the article on his Facebook friends list. So he was able to see uh, her private profile and he told me he told me that she shared my article on her profile and then he said to me sad to read the comments pc has gone mental in this world but even so, even so it seems one or two of her mates has a level head so it seems there were people on there saying to her actually you know maybe this adam guy does have a point then he wrote to me i'm so bored of being a racist just because i'm white as we talk i'm lying in my tent Next to one of my best mates, black kayaker from Zimbabwe. But no matter what, I'll be a racist white guy because I don't pander to the weak excuses for failure that different ethnic groups keep harping on about. The thing is, though, it's not the ethnic groups harping on about this. It's troublemakers like you're and my mate, Kelsey Gaffigan. It's not black people coming in saying, why aren't we allowed to go rafting? Because of course they're allowed to go rafting. Pay 100 bucks and go rafting. It's not the ethnic groups that keep harping on about it. It's progressive social justice warriors, fucktards, like Kelsey Gaffigan. Keep stirring up trouble. Keep being a pain in the ass. So that's why I'm calling this black water, because we can't call it white water anymore, can we? It's not white water rafting. We'll have to call it black water. Or brown water. Or yellow water. Any fucking water. I don't know. I mean, this year has been a great year. 2016 has been a great year. But in some ways, I just think we've hit peak stupid in so many ways. What I'd like to know, though, is how is replacing white people with black people just to meet some diversity target and improvement? How is having more black people rafting an improvement? How is that an improvement? Are you saying that, that let's say we were going to have a uh, hundred people on a rafting trip, but because we want a diversity target, we're going to remove 20 white people and put 20 black people in there, whether they want to or not. Are you saying that those 20 black people are better than the 20 white people that we removed? Is that what they're saying? How is that better? How is that not causing division? And what are the 20 white people that got removed so the 20 black people can go rafting? What do they think? I said it in my article. You people in the United States are wondering while, while Trump won the election. This is why Trump won the election. The culture war. It's the culture, stupid. It's not the economy. It's the culture. You can't go around saying straight white males are racists without eventually annoying them. And, and annoying a good portion of their women folk who don't like seeing their 
men being called racist just because, just because of the colour of their skin. Just because of the colour of their skin. Oh, you're a white, oh, you're a white man. Oh, you're racist. How racist is the person saying that? But with the progressive left, everything is upside down. Up is down, back is front, white is black. Of course, people like Kelsey Gaffigan are going on around saying all, all of you people are racist, blah, 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 because not enough black people. She's white herself. But, you know, logic and reality don't hold for people like Kelsey Gaffigan as, as shown by my photo of her and all her mates that I stuck on the, uh, on the article. It's okay for Kelsey Gaffigan and her ilk. What's good for the goose, though, isn't good for the gander. Um, I heard someone comment that... I can't find it. But they commented that whitewater rafting was hideously white. Hideously white. There's nothing, there's nothing like the self-hatred of the left, is there? Of the progressive left. Hideously white. I think that's the term that was used. I might be wrong. Hideously white. Can you imagine if we walked onto a basketball court in Detroit and complained that uh, basketball was just hideously black? That'd go down well, wouldn't it? I don't know if you had the courage to do that. I wouldn't. I wouldn't be saying that shit. But white water rafting is hideously white. That's what I change it to black water rafting, don't we? Where do they think this is going to end? Where do they think that this is going to end up? By dividing society along racial lines and political lines is what's going on now. As I wrote in my piece, if you start this business of selecting people based on racial representation, then don't be surprised when white people begin deliberately self-selecting along the same lines. We get this thing like, oh, you know, you know, you're, you're, England is just horribly white. It's too white. It's like, in the last five years, the SJW progressive left has just amped it up. They've amped it up. And Donald Trump is the pushback for that. Brexit was the pushback for that. Renzi losing his constitutional election or referendum in Italy was the pushback for that. What have we got early next year? March, we've got the Dutch election, Gert Velders. We've got Maria Le Pen in the French election. We're going to have the Queensland state election next year. Watch Pauline Hanson's One Nation Party, Ron put in. People are being sick and tired. You know, most people, the vast majority of the people in this world, decent people, just want to get on with their lives. They just want to be left alone to get in the, along with their lives. Like the operators of that pizzeria. Where are they? Memories Pizza Store in Walkerton, Indiana. I watched, there's, there's the video there. If you go to Tim Blair's blog, Milo Meets Memories. I'll link it. Let me write this down. All right, I'll link my article, links, because 
I always say in my podcast, I'm going to link something, and then I end up forgetting links. So my article, and um, Tim Blair's article. And if you've just come to the podcast from SoundCloud, from SoundCloud, just click uh, on my website and blog there on the underneath my followers, and I'll take you along to my my site, and you can read those links. The owners of Memories Pizza, I watched the video. Just, just decent people, God fearing people who want to be left alone to. To, to struggle through this thing we call life. And you know what? Life's hard. It's hard enough to struggling through and getting through day by day. Trying to do the right thing by the people around you. And then they have the world come crashing down on them when the entire progressive left world shits all over them. And they hadn't even done anything. All they'd done was state an opinion. They hadn't refused any service to a, a gay, couple of gays who wanted to get married. They just said that, that based on their beliefs, they'd, they'd, have a, they'd, they'd probably have a problem with it. Boom. Down came the progressive left. People are just decent people. The average people are just decent people who want to get along with their lives. And they don't want to speak out. But you have, to, you have to weigh things up. You have to weigh the risks of silence as opposed to speaking out. And by silence, I mean going along, going along with, with what these idiots are saying. All of these people here on the Facebook feed, I can't link it. I'd like to link it, but I just can't because there's people in there private and I don't want to do it. But all of these people who are, who are, who are publicly... Uh, on their, on their knees, demonstrating their goodness in declaring how racist they've been in the past and how much better they're going to be in the future. It's just the same as, 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 as being silent. What are the risks of silence as opposed to the risks of speaking out? Because, by the way, I didn't get any threats yesterday, but I had several people contact me. I had some family members ring me up. And on one hand, they congratulated me and they said that I nailed it to the wall with my article, which I did. That's just reality. On the other hand, they were like, just, just be careful. Just be careful, you know, maybe you should tone it down a bit. And I said to them, we've been toning it down for the past 40 years. We've been af- afraid of offending the progressive left for the past 40 years. And look where it's got us. Look where it's got us. Our institutions are corrupted. Our universities are lost. The universities are lost. There's no way that you can fix the universities now. They're gone. They're gone. The only thing you can do is burn them down and start again. There's nothing you can do with Yale. Yale's fucked. Harvard's fucked. They're all gone. Every university in Melbourne is gone. Completely converged. Every university in Australia... Completely converged. They're not offering. They're not offering education anymore. They're not. They're not. They're not offering young people 
the opportunity to be challenged in the way they think. They're inviting young people in to handicap themselves with an awful debt just when they're entering the workforce, a debt which can't be passed into bankruptcy by law, which will have to be paid off. And they're saying to these young people, you don't need to know anything else. Everything you know is everything there is to know already because you're perfect. You're special snowflakes. Don't worry, you won't be challenged here. We have safe spaces for you. We have trigger warnings on books. Don't worry, you won't be challenged. If you're not going to be challenged, why are you paying 60, 70, 80, 90, $100,000 for a university degree? Because it's credentialism. 20 years ago, you had a bachelor's degree in anything, anything you could walk into a job. Because the bachelor's degree demonstrated that you could, three or four, for three years, Put your head down, work, pass exams, and not piss everyone off. So you'd have half a chance of being a good employee. Turn up on time, not piss everyone off. Bachelor's degree is not enough anymore. Now you need a master's degree. Pretty soon everyone will have a PhD. Pretty soon the average age for entering the workforce and leaving home will be post-30 years of age. It's creeping credentialism. Pretty soon what's going to happen is up-and-coming companies are going to be looking at these idiots coming in with their degrees and $100,000 in debt and saying, we don't want these guys. We, we can't fix them. And why should we be bothered? This is the result of staying silent of not speaking out. The risks of staying silent as opposed to speaking out, the risks of staying silent are far greater. They're far greater. The best example of the risks of staying silent is Nazi Germany. I've I've read profoundly the history of Nazi Germany. I'm a an amateur student of the Second World War and the immediate history leading up to it. I can turn around here in my library and start counting the books. I've got dozens of books on it. I'm presently reading Winston Churchill's memoirs from the Second World War. Trust me, Nazi Germany just didn't happen overnight. They didn't just walk into power and bang, right, it's all done and it's all concentration camp. That's not how it happened. Not how it happened. It was a 15 year period. And if you think, if you think that if you were living in Nazi Germany that you wouldn't, wouldn't have been a Nazi, well, you're wrong. You're wrong. Do you think the whole population of Germany in uh, 1935, 40 uh, odd million people, we're just all bad. Is that what you think? They're exactly the same as you are now, except they didn't have iPods. The first thing the German, one of the first things the Germans did was take away 
the guns of the public. The only people allowed to have guns were the police and the military. One of the first things they did. And people stayed silent. If you had been a German in Germany in 1935, if you'd been 20 years of age, you would have been a Nazi. Don't think so? Well, you're wrong. You're absolutely wrong. Particularly if you're the type of person now to stay silent and not speak out. I think I would have had a good chance of not being a Nazi because I've never been able to keep my mouth shut. But all these people on this Facebook feed, all these people here, who was talking about too much white privilege and they're white themselves, so they can show that they're with the program. For fuckheads like whatever her name is, Kelsey Gavigan. All those people would have been Nazis in Nazi Germany. And they will, they will scream black and blue murder to you. They will get awfully upset if you tell them that they would have been a Nazi in Nazi Germany. And the more upset they get, the higher the probability they would have been a Nazi in Nazi Germany. You're not any better than those Germans in 1935. You're not any stronger. You're not any wiser. You're not better able to resist propaganda. We look back at propaganda in 19, Nazi Germany from the 1930s and there's a collective chuckle. Ho, 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 ho. How stupid were they? While the same people swallow every single thing that the mainstream media shoves down their throats. The only difference is we don't have a Gobbles, the Joseph Gobbles, to be the Minister of Propaganda. We don't need a Minister of Propaganda anymore. The press is there to do that job. No worries at all. They'll close, they'll close a family business pizzeria down just for saying, oh, you know, if a gay couple came in and wanted us to cater their wedding, we might have a problem with that. Bang. All of those people would have been Nazis in Nazi Germany. And this is the price. This is the risk of silence as opposed to speaking out. You think the title of this episode of the podcast is funny, is ironic, Blackwater? Do you think if these progressive SJWs had their entire had total power in the whole way, do you think it wouldn't occur to one of them to call it that? And do you think that you wouldn't have to change the very language that you use to get with the program? And you'd have to say, we're going Blackwater kayaking today. And if you didn't say that, you'd end up in some sort of camp or gulag. That's totalitarianism. That's tyranny. If you can control what people say, you can control what people think. And coming in, and this, this woman has pushed a button. She's pushed a button with this article to see how high the whitewater community would jump. And let's just say they probably would have won a gold medal at the Olympics at this point based on what I'm saying.
And Gaffigan is in this thread being all lovely and so warm and open. Thank you, she says with an exclamation mark. Thank you so much. I'm, read, I'm quoting here, exclamation mark, from someone who said, Kevin Riggs, who said, wonderful work, Kelsey. At the core, it's about seeking adventure. That's for everybody. Thank you so much. She doesn't think thank you so much. She thinks, got another one. Kelsey Gaffigan again. She's coming to speak at my university in the spring and I'm beyond excited, exclamation point. So glad you appreciate it, smiley face. Have a great night, exclamation point. I know just the type. I know just the type. Anyone who's proclaiming, proclaiming you are the best friend they've ever had, that they've warmth, loving feelings to you, Anyone who can turn on the warmth and the love just like that, just like that, in an instant, can go the other way, just like that, in an instant. These people are ideologues. They're pushing an ideology. And there's nothing more dangerous in the world than an ideology. Absolutely nothing. My article yesterday, it seems like a laugh. Have you taken the Ku Klux Klan rafting? And you read it through and it's just like, ha ha, chuckle. But I had family members calling me up and saying, are you okay? Be careful about what you're saying. I live on the other side of the world from these people, but I still have my family ringing me up saying, be careful about what you're saying. Trump's election should give everyone two big, fat, hairy balls to rub together. Because what Trump election is, is showing you that the risks of silence as opposed to speaking out. And now Trump got elected because he didn't stay silent. There were 17 candidates for the Republican ticket and 16 of them acted exactly the same. There was no difference between them. I don't care about the clothes they're wearing, their skin colour, their hairstyle, whatever. They were all exactly the same. There was only one guy who was speaking out there, and that was Donald Trump. And that's why he's president. The time for... If you're listening to this and you've got nothing to do with a whitewater community, because this is not a whitewater blog... Know this. Know that what I'm describing to you now is happening in every facet of every hobby, of every, of every group of enthusiasts you can name. Everything. And you look at whitewater kayaking, you think like some of the toughest guys on the planet Some of the risks they take, some of the shit they do. And yet here they are on the Facebook feed. Wringing their hair, pulling their hair out in, in agony at how racist they've been all this time. Any group association that's out there, any sporting club, any hobby club, anything. You're all at risks of infiltration like this. On a national level.
They just haven't stuck their banner up. They just haven't got their banner yet with whatever their symbol is going to be. They haven't got that far yet. But if you think, if you think what I'm talking about right now, if you think that this is just an aberration, if you think this is just a one-off, if you think this is a ha-ha-ha, laugh-laugh-laugh, chuckle-chuckle-chuckle, yeah, those whitewater people are real stupid. Be very careful. Because the point of this podcast, this episode, the point of this podcast is not whitewater people. It's not the whitewater community. This is happening everywhere. In businesses, workplaces, community groups, volunteer associations, governments, local governments, councils, everywhere. So the one thing you need to take away from this podcast is that the risks of staying silent now far outweigh the risks of speaking out. By speaking out, you take short-term immediate risks. Someone might take objection to what you say come looking for you by staying silent that's a long-term risk isn't it and it's also really cowardly not just that you're afraid of someone coming to look you up now but you're also hoping that even though you recognize it's a problem you're hoping that someone else will solve it for you someone else will deal with it some trump will come riding to the rescue If Trump's election showed one thing, it's time to stand up on your own feet and not take any shit. And these people, these Kelsey Gaffigans of the world, these poisonous totalitarian ideologues, they need to be told. They need to be told. They need to be told time and again. And they need to be mocked. You can always tell a leftist they don't have a sense of humour. They just don't. They can't laugh at themselves. And that's what a sense of humour is. You can laugh at yourself. Conservatives always have a sense of humour, I've found. That's why I'm such a funny guy. I'm looking at my notes here. I think I've spoken about everything I wanted to speak about. Shout out to Captain Capitalism, Aaron Clary, who's taken a week off by doctor's orders, but he's back up and videoing on his solving the problems of the world on his uh, arsehole consulting if you if you have a problem if you have an issue if you have some sort of dilemma and you don't know how to solve it it might be financial it might be personal it might be relationship 
It might be you don't know which direction to take in your life at the moment. It might be you have a couple of options, but you're not sure which one to choose. You're wondering whether you should do a particular university degree. You're wondering if uh, you should go take out that bank loan. You're just stuck on an important point. Cappy will solve it for you. He charges 100 bucks an hour. But most of the time, he gets it done in for 20 or 30 bucks. 30 or 40 bucks. That's his average, apparently. I think 30 bucks is his average. And he'll do a video for you. It'll put up on YouTube and he won't mention you by name. And he'll probably make fun of you and he'll mock you. But in doing so, he'll give you accurate, accurate information. And I have used his consultancy service before. Um, before I started doing all this podcasting stuff, before Cap even knew me, his first contact with me was me contacting him and saying, we're thinking of buying a house in Melbourne. Are we stupidly crazy? And his reply was, you're stupidly crazy, after he crunched all the data for me. It cost a bit more than 30 bucks because he had to do a bit more work because it was a bit more in-depth. He said to me, this is what it's going to cost you. I was like, fine, no worries, because that cost, I think it was 200 bucks for all the work that he had to do. And that easily saved us hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars. So it was money well spent. So you can find him at captaincapitalism.com or Aaron Clary. Uh, the link to his site is in my blog roll, uh, which is in alphabetical order, Captain Capitalism. Um, take use of your services. He's a good guy. Uh, this has been Adam Piggott. You can click on the sidebar and go to my blog. Um, I have two books out, Pushing Rubber Downhill, uh, Journey to Manhood via Whitewater Adventures. Um, and you know what that book's about? That book's about sorting yourself out. That's what that book's about. How did I sort myself out? I, I wouldn't want to be any other person in the world except me. When I was 25, four years old, I wanted to be any other person in the world apart from me. How I got to that point that I am now, and I have been for the last 10 years, is what that book's about. How to sort yourself out. And today, with people like Kelsey Gaffigan around, telling you that you're racist because you haven't taken a black person rafting recently, everyone needs a bit of sorting out. So that's my first book. And it's... It's more popular than my second book, and I understand why, because I read, a, I read a thing recently about how Star Wars, the first Star Wars movie, was so successful, and the first Star Wars movie was the journey of a boy to a man, and Empire Strikes Back was a great movie, but then after that, it's all, well, we all know what it's been like. But that first movie, that was what it, what it was about. It was Luke Skywalker, a journey from a boy to a man, and that's what my first book's about, and that's why it's done so well. Um, if you've got, if you've got coming up to Christmas, maybe you've got age group who can benefit that book, 16 to, who can benefit from it, 16 to 40, I'd say, who like reading it. I've had people in their 70s contact me and say they loved it. I've had a fair number of women contact me and say they loved it. 
None of them asked my phone number, though. I don't know why. Um, get them for Christmas. Because it's designed to give people hope. So, yeah, this it can be done, no matter how bad your circumstances. That's what it's about. And, you know, it's got lots of white water and witch doctors and chicks in it. What couldn't be cooler? Uh, my second book, Run Guts, Pull Cones, is more, more, of a, more of a fun book. And I'm really happy with it. I think it's a great book. It's about a rafting season in the Italian Alps and all of the cultural differences that we come up against. Um, it's about the dynamic between men and women in a male-dominated environment. And it's done well, but it hasn't done as well as the first book, and why not? Because it's not the journey of a boy or man. And I get that. But I think it's a pretty good follow-up. So you can go to my blog and you can order those books and give someone a Merry Christmas. Give me a Merry Christmas. Obviously, the more, the more books I sell, the happier I am. Um, this has been the 30th episode of the Pushing Rubber podcast. Uh, as always, a total pleasure. Um, one more episode before Christmas, then we can say Happy Christmas. Uh, don't you guys go changing. Except for one thing. Remember, the time for silence is over. It's time to grow to a big pair and start speaking out. Until next time, this is Adam Pigott for Pushing Rubber Podcast. Ciao.